everybody, and welcome to the niche podcast about the one thing I know something about, game shows. I suppose. I am your host, Jordan Haas, and we have an action-packed episode for you today. With me in a bit will be Uncle Howard from the podcast, Pillow Talk with Franklin and Uncle Howard. And I promise you, it will be a blast. But before I get to that, I gotta give a plug. Friend of the podcast, Jack Allison. You might know him from Jack AM. You might know him from Struggle Session. You might know him from the El Trito episode of Doughboys, also known as the most hated man on the Earwolf subreddit. Well, he had a game show podcast called Are You the Knowledge Lord with his friend, Maddie Smith, who's going to be a future guest on this podcast. I guarantee it. With Are You the Knowledge Lord, permanent resident contestant Jack Allison faced off against two fellow comedians in the ultimate trivia battle hosted by Maddie Smith for the prize being crowned Knowledge Lord. And it only lasted one episode. I heard it. It was a year ago. And let me tell you, it was such a blast hearing it. It was like a panel game show but with fun trivia questions about stuff nobody knew about. The episode was with Jordan Morris and Courtney Davis, and I will put a link in the description for you guys to listen to it because I had a blast, and apparently they're bringing it back, but not as a podcast, but as a Twitch stream at twitch.tv slash knowledgelords. And I, I'm so excited. I can't wait for Maddie and Jack to do a game show podcast. I'm a big fan of both their works. I'm just a little upset that they didn't contact me about this project or even tell me about their their the podcast until after the fact. I kind of I kind of hurt my feelings a bit. But I I got to give them a plug because they are great people and I I'm a big fan of game shows as you know and I love Twitch game shows. So twitch.tv/knowledgelords uh check it out. I believe their next episode will be this weekend. So, so tune in. And now we got to get to some news. The big story of the week is that there's a revival of Press Your Luck in the works. They're casting right now through Casting Crane for a revival of Press Your Luck, one of my all-time favorite game shows. I actually put my information as a contestant for this. If you don't know what Press Your Luck is, it was a game show in the 80s where contestants had to answer trivia questions. Instead of winning money or prizes, they win spins. Those spins would go into a big light-up board where they would push their luck by pressing a button and win whatever the light lands on. It's famous because of the infamous scandal involving one... Michael Larson, who memorized the pattern of the lights. Uh, this version, I believe, will be for ABC for the Summer Fun and Games. No word yet on the host, and no word yet on the rules. And I was recently about to do a Press Your Luck episode, but I think I'll save my what I would do for Press Your Luck next time. Uh, I'm just so excited for Press Your Luck. Uh, that's the one game show I want to be a contestant on. If I can't be a host, Press Your Luck is definitely that game show I want to be a contestant on. That is the big bucks, no whammies. And if this show could succeed, it should definitely be on ABC Summer Fun and Games. Should definitely be a half-hour show with two halves making the full hour. And should just have very funny whammies and have very, very lucrative prizes and cash. We're talking maybe $50,000 in a spin, for instance. I just hope I don't have friends working on the show so I don't get disqualified. 
Uh, I can't wait for Press Your Luck. Next, uh, Buzzer is going to have the 1950s prices right this March. Uh, I can't wait to talk about the prices right, the colon edition in a future episode. But it really is. If you guys never seen the prices right in the 50s, you can see how that sparked the new prices right that we know and love today with Drew Carey. You can never, even if you've never seen the Bob Barker episode, watch a Bill Cullen episode, you might get to see what became known as the big exciting game show of the prices right that we know today on CBS. In an upcoming episode of Celebrity Family Feud for Summer Fun and Games, there will be an episode in which Chrissy Teigen and John Legend compete against the Vanderpump Rules Gang. And I know everyone loves Chrissy and they love Vanderpump, so get ready for this Summer Fun and Games when we get to see them in action. In a message about it, Teigen quotes, I can't say if we won or lost Family Feud, but we definitely brought a flask, I definitely chipped the tooth, and there was definitely a record set. Uh, also, in ITV British News, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire is returning for five nights uh, starting March 4th on ITV. As I've said in earlier episodes, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire in the UK is so good because of the fact they make it so narrow with the amount of episodes they put in that it becomes event television. So you only get maybe four or five episodes every once in a while, which means the the attempt to get to a million dollars, or in this case a million pounds, uh, means something. So look forward to that on the 4th. That is something I can't wait to see because I really love the UK edition with Jeremy Clarkson. He He's actually charming and funny, and the trivia is still there, and the storytelling and the drama it's completely different than the U.S. version. Entertainment Tonight Canada had an interview with Alex Trebek at the age of 78 when he was an event marking his milestone, reporting USA Today when he told my moderator Michael McKeon that the next host should be a woman, somebody younger, somebody bright, somebody personable, somebody with a great sense of humor. I nominated Betty White. While that was a good joke, he would love to see White host a game show for at least one night. And then when response to who should get the job, Trebek suggested scene in Laura Coates, the LA Kings announcer Alex Faust, or Turner Classic Movies' Ben Mikowitz. Uh, E.T. also says who should be the new Vanna White, but that's Wheel of Fortune, not Jeopardy Entertainment tonight. And now it's time for me to get a little personal. I got, I'm wearing right now, I know you can't see it's an audio podcast, I'm wearing a Who Wants to Be a Millionaire Play It hat. Uh, this was uh, from my friend Josh uh, at the Disney Delete on Twitter. Uh, thank him so much for, for gifting me this. This is a very nifty piece of Walt Disney World memorabilia. I really hope one day to end up on Podcast or Ride to talk about that, but I, I don't know. And the last piece of breaking news today is Card Sharks is in the works for being revived. Uh, they now have a casting call at uh, 29 frame cent uh, for contestants for card sharks. My guess with this version of card sharks is because they listened to my episode, the podcast. Uh, I think it's going to be four contestants. It's going to be tournament style. It's going to be paired with family feud. Cause that's the only way I think this show could work is in syndication paired with family feud. You can just go back to the 100 something surveyed, how we asked them this happened how many said they have and do the five card draw and then with the money cards 
500 bucks with three cards, $1,000 and three cards, and then the big bet on the top. And if the final card matches their suit number, they get a car as well. And there's no returning champions. Um, this is the show that I've, I love a lot. And I believe this is the show I claim I think I should host. And I, I mean that seriously. I'm not trying to make a bit right now. I, I have seen hundreds of game shows. Could I host them? Some yes, some no. It's, it's the angle and the direction of the game. Family Feud? Maybe. But I think Steve Harvey's doing a fantastic job there. Match Game? No. But Deal or No Deal? You need that good storytelling skills, and I might blow it. There's only a couple of game shows I could do, like Crystal Maze? Maybe. Card Sharks? Absolutely. Card Sharks is a game show that's almost made for me to host. The way they ask those questions, the way you present it to contestants, the way they banter on how they come up with their answers, the luck-based gameplay that it is the money cards in the main game, it is the game show I would most like to host. If I can't do Press Your Luck... And I know that is a game show where you see someone with six figures. I want to keep going and press my luck. All you can do is act shocked. With card sharks, you don't have to just act shocked because that's only at the money cards. In the main game, you can laugh. You can have fun with these contestants in these really great questions and surveys. That to me, this is the, the show I want to host. I know I have a slim and none chance. I'm not a famous comedian. I don't have a million Twitter followers or a YouTube following, which is probably also one of their criteria. But this is the show that was meant for me to host. And this is something I'm shocked is revived. And this is one that I would love to host so much. Like, this is the one that's meant for me to just audition, not as a contestant, but as the host, I want to see contestants answer questions while I go, we asked 100 single women, have you ever been ghosted on your first date? How many said they have? I want to ask 100 tattoo artists, is there a design that you regret tattooing on a client? How many said they have? We asked 100 attendees of San Diego Comic-Con. Who would win in a fight between Batman and Superman? How many said Superman? Things like that are engaging, exciting questions. It's an exciting game show. Yes, it is kind of the Fremontal Media's existing show. It's just there. But it's the one that I love the most. And it's one that I've said it already on social media before this recording. I'm throwing my hat in. I want to host this show. And if you're listening to this, please start the hashtag campaign. Hashtag Jordan for Card Sharks. Uh, I, I desperately want to host that show. That is the game show for me to host. And I want to do it. That is for me. Card Sharks. I want to tell people survey questions. I want to flip giant playing cards. I want to see the money cards. This is for me. Please let it happen. Please, you can have Jeopardy. You can have Wheel of Fortune. But Card Sharks, that's my jam. I love Jim Perry. Bob Eubanks. I, well, not really the 20, 2001 version. But Bill Rafferty was also very good. 
And I just want to see this card sharks. I want to see what happens with card sharks. But who knows? Maybe it's it's Snoop Dogg again. We we don't we don't know. It's it's a syndicated game show, I think. Or maybe it's just a pilot stage. Who knows? I don't know the network. I don't know if it's syndication. But from the looks of things, this is a show they're going to pair with Family Feud. And I want to be back-to-back with Steve Harvey. Thank you. Uh, Now it's time for the phone home game. Ripcord.tv. R-I-P-K-O-R-D.tv. Ripcord.tv is a live, interactive TV network designed for the viewer who demands more from their entertainment. With engaging shows, entertaining hosts, many game types, and real cash prizes, it will redefine how you look at TV. Connect! Let's face it, TV is something we put on the background while we are on our phone or tablet. Ripcord.tv is reinventing the experience by bringing high-quality shows and interactivity to your mobile device. Enjoy live shows daily with an audience and host and invite your friends and family to join in on the fun! Compete! With five original shows and counting, Ripcord.tv has something for everyone. Multiple shows daily are presented by an entertaining host. The shows focus on today's timely and relevant topics. Compete against the audience and claim your spot on our leaderboards. Cash out! Yep, that's right, you can win real cash prizes in our games. Download now and experience the fun today. Well, here are some of the games now. Fast Facts! Sting Fast, Act Fact, Win Bid! Fast Facts is a show where it pays no difference between right and wrong. Players are given 12 true or false questions and have a short limit time. If they answer true or false, if they answer wrong one question, they're eliminated. If they answer all 12 correctly, they win. So, HQ, both true or false. Okay. In or out, feeling lucky, spin it to win it. In or out is the show for those players that are feeling lucky. Each round, players choose a color. Once they choose, the wheel spins. If it lands on any color, and what they are chosen, they're eliminated. But if it lands on the color they choose, their face will win the decision. Stay in or cash out. The longer they stay in, the more money they can win. So HQ, but no trivia. Raise the bar. How well do you know others? How well do you know yourself? They answer a question, then slide a bar from 100. So it's card sharks. The hunt. Some online shows have time limits to keep people from searching for the answers, but on the hunt, we encourage players to use the power of the internet to solve our digital scavenger hunt. Players have to solve clues until they arrive at the final correct answer. The first player to correct answer wins. Word Up is the show where actions speak louder than words. Players are given different wordplay questions and need to type in the word or words that complete the question. The categories vary, and there's only one correct answer. If they get it correct, they receive one point for every player that got it wrong. No one is eliminated because we don't know the winners until the end. Okay, so it's... Uh, a rip-off, HQ, true-false, a word game, a luck-based game, uh, MSN-based game, and card sharks. Well, that's good to know. Ripcord.tv, folks. Uh... There are over 13,000 taxi cabs in New York City, but there's only one that pays you. In this Discovery Channel game show, comedian Ben Bailey would ask unsuspecting passengers questions on their way to the destination. If they get three wrong answers, they are kicked out of the cab. But if they succeed, they get more than just their taxi fare back. But even though its biggest and most famous series lasted in the city that never sleeps, the show it was based off of only lasted 16 episodes on ITV in the UK with John Moody as the driver. But with over 450 episodes in the United States and a revival that debuted in December 4th, 2017, does audiences still have it in them for one more ride? Today, 
We're talking cash cab. Now let's turn the table. With me on the line from the Blue Ribbon Podcast Awards, well, it's nominated anyway, it's Pillow Talks with Franklin and Uncle Howard's own Uncle Howard. I am the second part of that show. Thank you very much for having me on your program, Jordan. And we are nominated for Best Uncle Nephew Podcast. I think we've got a very good chance of winning it. Although, of course, the Franklin Delano and Theodore Roosevelt Podcast is a strong contender as well. It, it definitely is. And uh, thank you for taking the time from the big, big king-size mattress. Mm. And, and uh, some. Only borrow your nephew for the last episode. Yeah, yeah. Well, we uh, we ran out of rug doctor and we ran it over the mattress, so we need to let it dry out for a little bit. So I figured I'd pop on over here and see what's going on. So uh, the episode you, you decided to choose was the beloved game show, and I love saying beloved because it really is. It is a cult like phenomenon. It's the be- it is cash cab, cash cab. Uh, it- a cash cab. What what more can be said? It's the only show uh, game show I know of that takes place inside of a moving vehicle. The uh, well, you say that, but there are actually others that take place. Like for instance, Brain Rush took place in a roller coaster. Um, uh, oh, well, but is a roller coaster a vehicle? Does it transport you from one distance to another? You end up in the same place you started. That is a fair point. I think there was even one that was taking place on a ski lift for some reason, like. Okay, I, I will consider a ski lift a vehicle. But uh, as as everyone knows, on Cash Cab, at least if you pay attention to the intro, there are over 13,000 taxi cabs in, the ca- in New York City, but there's only one that pays you. Climb aboard well, the Cash Cab, and host Ben Bailey will quiz you on your destination. If you need help, there are shout-outs in the form of one on the phone, later on social media, and on the street. But be careful on this ride. It's three strikes and you're out. So what do you say? Are you in? Hey, sure. <laughs> That's pretty much. Uh, that is the cash cap. Uh, before anyone, before we get into like the whole format itself, I uh, just want to point this out here. Cash cap is not originally an American game show. Where Where is it from? It was originally from the United Kingdom as cash just- cap. Well, America was originally from the United Kingdom, so I will say it was originally from America by the transitive property. <laughs> I mean, in a way it was. Uh, the creator was Adam Wood. Uh, the host was Ben Bailey. And in the one that we watched today, which was the rebooted version of Cash Cab, it was still hosted by one Ben Bailey. The gritty reboot. As, as all gritty reboots are, there were a lot of special CGI effects. Uh, there were um, ham-handed musical cues. Uh, Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen played a number of times. <laughs> and it, and, and lots of intricate video clues. Uh, yeah. The, the, the rules of Cash Cab, if you've never seen... If you've never seen Cash Cab, it is the... Shame the, on you. Yes, but if you haven't, uh, it's simple. Uh, it's an ambush game show. Now, a lot of game shows, when they do an ambush, it's like a hidden camera prank show. It's like a like an Oblivious or a Boiling Point. It's a, oh, you did this, and you're on the spot right now. Here's a silly, wacky dare for you to do. 
But on Cash Cab, uh, it's people calling a taxi and then, oops, it's the Cash Cab. It's, uh, it's, I could see how it could be a, a disaster because what if you're calling the taxi because you need to go to the hospital uh, because your mother is very ill and all of a sudden, not only is your mother very ill, but you find yourself in the game of your life playing for up to $900. I mean, you could get more. You can get more than nine hundred bucks, but more or less, probably nine hundred dollars. Um, that, that's not going to pay your mother's medical bills. Not in Trump's America. No, no I'm, you're you're kind of right there, Uncle Howard. It's that's right. That's I'm sorry. It's uh, how right now. No, that's a cute cat. That is a cute cat you brought on to the the show as well. We love. I thought you could use uh, some extra cats around here. Somebody, uh, Franklin, told me you had a bit of a uh, mouse problem. I, I do. Uh, I, I was because when I when I usually do a record, I click on this mouse. Like it sometimes gets picked up, but I could see where where Howard, uh, where where Franklin said it would work. So I, uh, I could see that. And, the, and plus, the cat's very cute. That's a very cute cat. We're uh, we're not tech guys. Yeah, uh, it's 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 all right, but you are great uh, film reviewers and television reviewers too, and that's why you came on here to talk about the Cash Cab. Uh, the format very quick: they get ambushed, and then they get told you want to be on this game show. If and they could refuse, they could say no, I'm good. Uh, they can. I too. A big production team just rushes to the door and has them fill out the you know the release forms among other things. Yeah, so the the, uh, the only people who appear on Cash Cab are people who aren't in much of a hurry. Is yeah, that fair? Yeah, it's usually like their destinations are like, oh, I want to go to the museum. Yeah, no one no one is ever going to a divorce court on Cash no, Cab. Like, no, no one has to have like a child custody battle on Cash no, Cab. No, no one's... No. There, there yeah. is no. Uh, the only time I've seen someone urgent was like, I need to get to a subway. And it's like... Why are you taking the cab to go to a subway? <laughs> it makes no sense. Yeah, they, uh, it's never like, hey, I got to do a big chunkuses and pay off a debt or something like that. It is always like... It's, it's always like some actor on their way to the UCB or something. Like, yeah, it's just... like, we're, we're getting dinner at a place where we don't have a reservation, but it doesn't get crowded. We want to eat at the Applebee's. All yeah, right, well, that's Square, 22 blocks just like, away. Mike Pence. Mike Pence went to a New York and he ate at the Applebee's on Times Square. Well, now, now that's, I don't know if that's the most American thing I can think of or the least American thing if you're going to New York. It would have been more American to go to Guy Fieri's restaurant on Times Square. That's what I was thinking, the donkey sauce. Yeah, that's, he's, well, but if you can imagine a guy who less wants kicking flavors than Mike Pence, yeah, I'll it's give too spicy. $55. Even the ranch is too spicy for him. Yeah, he doesn't like when mother puts ranch on his chicken strips. Uh, so when they go the first, the, so then they get told like how many blocks it is their destination, and unlike other game shows where it's round one, round two, round three, I mean there's somewhat of that. This is a game show where it never ends. There's no stop for a commercial break. There is no no time limit it really is from the time you said we agree and we start driving this cash cab to when you end up in your destination is when the game ends the first four questions are worth 50 dollars a piece get a question wrong and you get a strike three strikes you're out 
After those four questions, you have another four questions worth $100 a piece. Then it's $200 a piece all the way to the end of the destination. And that's as much as it goes. At one point during the game, there is a red light challenge where if they stop at a red light and, you know, you you hesitate, you have 30 seconds to put in things that are in some sort of list, like name Supreme Court justices or uh, name the Great Lake, something that's simple that everyone would figure out. And this doesn't count against their strike total, correct? No, it does not. In fact, they could guess as many times as they run. There's no penalty for wrong answers. And if they fail, they do not get a strike. It really is just for a bonus, $250. That's a hell of a deal. That's the best deal they got going nowadays. And as I brought up earlier, there is two shout-outs. Now, in the original version, it was a phone-a-friend in the form of a mobile shout-out. So call your friend has Google, as the case would be. Or, which me and Uncle Howard both agreed on is the best one, it's the street shout-out. Now, now the street shout-out is the best maneuver possible, because if you pick a random person off the street, you've got a way better than nothing chance that they probably know just about every topic you can ask. So, that's a fail-safe. It's like a wisdom of the crowd, but with New York. Showing that not all New Yorkers are like the ones on Billy on the Street. They're willing to walk up to you and explain Alice in Wonderland syndrome. It's it's funny you mention that. If we could get briefly off topic here, I was wondering: Does Billy on the Street count as a game show? It sure does count as a game show because of for a dollar, which is the reward for getting a question right, even though it is very subjective, and then they're quizzed in the face round. So that's all you need. It really is. That, that, that counts. Fair enough. Uh, I, and a lot of, and you know what? This is not the first time people have asked me, is so-and-so a game show? In which case, most of the time it is. I, I structure, here's the definition of a game show in my opinion. If there is a game, as in something with a win-lose format, rather it's beat the house or beat, beat another person or figure this out in, in, in some sort of format, that's, that's the game. Is uh, Wacky Races a game show? Uh, it is Hanna scripted. Barbera. Unfortunately, it is un- <sighs> it is, that is scripted. But if it was unscripted, if there was like a version of Wacky Races that was real. An improvised Wacky if, uh, if Muttley was a real person. <laughs> and Snidely would Whiplash. And Penelope Pitstop and, the, and Captain Caveman and the Caveman crew. Yes, They're, that would be a real game show. And that would count. Unfortunately, it won't. But if I had like a spinoff show, that would definitely be one worth discussing. It was a hell of a show. And uh, I always thought that the bad guy team had an unfair advantage because they. Well, you, you, you're in the professional wrestling industry sometimes. You know how it works. I, I have been at times in the professional wrestling and it's true uh the the bad guys do have a distinct advantage on account of their lack of morality uh always trumps the uh, good guy's inability to think critically and that's and that's why you gotta join the miata club that's right that's right i had to have backup i'm, I'm right now doing the trademark too sweet <laughs> right now as we speak uh so so after they get through all the questions in, in rounds one, two, and three, and maybe a red light challenge or two, if they make it to their destination before getting three strikes, 
they get to keep all the money in their bank. And that's a great deal. They, there's no way they could sweeten that deal, is there? Oh, no, no, Uncle Howard. There's one final twist to this game. If they want and could just stay just one more minute, just one more minute, they can double their money on a double or nothing video bonus. That's for all the marbles. Where one stock video, courtesy of Shutterstock, featuring all your favorites like Lady Eating Salad, Centrifuge, maybe marbles? Of course, yeah, Centrifuge was a good one. A kid licking ice cream. All your favorites. And a question is asked. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, sorry, this animal is losing its mind. It's rapid as all hell. Well, the cat really loves the double. And you know what? I, I agree. The double or nothing video bonus does add a nice element to the game. A, a quick bonus round, quick in game decision. And, uh, it, and at least in the one that we've seen in this episode. Uh, there are some actual smart people in this time around. They're actually critically thinking like, you know, we kind of almost lost everything. We should just take the money. Yeah, I mean, the thing about Cash Cab is it, it is kind of an arrogance to do the uh, like double or nothing because this is money that you were never expecting to get. It was, uh, you know, you, you didn't, this is in jeopardy with the auditions and the tryouts and all of that. This is, you just randomly got picked up to be on this show. Anything. They are actually, in some cases, uh, they, uh, they had an audition to go on cash cab, but they were told the meeting places somewhere else for the audition part. And they got to go on the cash cab. And that's the twist. Whoops. You thought you were going to the audition. No, you're actually on the cash cab. That that blows my mind. Actually, that that is a double cross. It is. It sort of is. It, it's um. So a lot of times people say, "Is it fully ambush or is it just people off the street?" Sometimes, yeah. Other times, it is people who audition. And by audition, I mean like they fill out a form to DiscoveryChannel.com wanting to be a contestant. And but they don't know when or where they'll. Yeah, they don't know when or where. So sometimes, so maybe you might end up with a screwed up person. It's like I want to go three blocks away. <laughs> yeah, or or some girl just got broken up with and she's sobbing her eyes out. To be fair though, if the girl was sobbing her eyes out, I think her day would be a little brighter if she was on the cash cab, just like it, something to cheer her up with. Like, it, hey, buddy, you can win some money right now. I know you had a rough time, but hey, uh, you know, these are some it, easy questions. You might get two grand out of this. If her boyfriend had always wanted to be on Cash Cab and then he broke up with her on it and she won, there would be no greater feel-good story in the entirety of humanity. It, no, it would not ever. Uh, Never. Normally, when it comes to this show, uh, I, would, I would probably like go through all of the information about things. <clears throat> Uh, but Cash Cab had a lot of spinoffs. There was one in New York, which is the one that we always talk about. Then there's one from Chicago. There was one that's called After Hours. It was in Vegas for a bit. Uh, and then there's ones all over the world, including one in Canada. And I have to bring that up real quick because uh, in an episode, uh, the Cash Cab actually hit somebody. Oh, well, he is a distracted driver, so that is a little... It wasn't even the host or Ben... It wasn't even, like, the host of the Canadian version. It was some production assistant driving the car to, like, the location. (laughs) And he hit a pedestrian. Oh, oh, that's even worse. There's no excuse for that. Oh, there actually is. The guy is an unlicensed taxi cab driver. 
Oh, well, I was going to say, I mean, I've hit a lot of pedestrians in my time, of course. And uh, I don't regret a single one of them because each one was an opportunity for me to learn and grow. And uh, I, I can only hope that the uh, Canadian Ben Bailey also uh, could take some time to reflect and, you know, you know, decide what he did well and what he could have done better next time. I mean, they probably said sorry and moved on. Yeah, it's not a big deal as a Canadian. So I'm going to now list off all the countries that have a version of Cash Cab, because that's something we do now. Uh, there's one in the Arab world. There's one in Australia. There's one in Austria. There's one in Belgium. There's one in Brazil, Canada, where they had the thing. Also, in French, it's called Taxi Payant. That's adorable. China, Colombia, Czech Republic, France, called Taxi Cash. Denmark, <laughs> Egypt. Germany, Greece, Hungary, India, Indonesia, Italy called Cash Taxi. Well, it's Israel, more Israel, Jamaica, there. Japan, Kazakhstan, Lithuania, Malaysia, Mexico called Taxi Cash, Netherlands, Peru, Philippines, Poland, Romania, Russia. The Russians are all over the place these days. I well, they're hacking a, they're hacking Cash Cab and Hillary Clinton and what's next? I would do just about any damn thing to see the Jamaican Cash Cab incidentally. That sounds right up my alley, and I I need to see it. So if you are listening to this right now and you have a copy of the Jamaican version of Cash Cab, please send it over to uh, Uncle Howard. We would love yeah. it. There please is, uh, bring me to Jamaica. There's a Serbian show. <laughs> it's the grimmest version of Cash Cab ever, where all you can win is a brief moment of reprieve. Slovakia, Slovenia. Spain has three versions. One is called Taxi Taxi. Sweden, Taiwan, Thailand, Ukraine, Uganda, United States, and Vietnam. No, I don't know a lot about game shows, but this has to be one of the most international game shows I've ever heard of. Is it, that fair? It is one of the most international. In fact, it has a lot of acclaim because it has won tons of Emmy awards at the daytime Emmys. Uh, the sign of excellence is a daytime Emmy. Well, that, it's, it's that Susan uh, Lucci is a talent for generations to come. It's no Blue Ribbon Award. But no, is. but very few things are. Possibly even the Blue Ribbon Awards themselves. Uh, but th th that's the uh, game. Also, a good part about the Cash Cab is I, they won because Ben Bailey for Best Host. Uh, ben Bailey has won I mean, four times for Best Game Show Host, winning the award 2010, 2011, 2013. And Best Game Show, it has won three years in a row, 2008, 2009, and 2010. No, why would it be a daytime Emmy uh, when it airs at nighttime? To the best of my knowledge, uh, is that just where game shows are relegated to? Yeah, because what they did is primetime. They kind of just say reality series go there, and then game shows are daytime because daytime the is a syndicator's is right. market, and that's where you buy things. So anything that's a firm, there's a whole like classification of what qualifies as a game show that even I think. My interpretation is very loose. Theirs is like completely like it needs to have this structure. It needs to have this and that. So, do you think who is this? The, the just the Emmy Award people are the Emmy Award people uh, hamstring in some ways the uh, the game show industry. I uh, I think so. I I think it's because. 
the primetime awards like for instance uh primetime awards jane lynch gets an award for best game show host sure for hollywood game night uh then there's rupaul for rupaul's drag race those are both game shows hollywood game night rupaul's drag race they're in primetime but cash cab is also a game show it's also on cable but they consider it a daytime show and i still can't figure out why other than they splurge the money for primetime and not daytime but it hmm, i think there's something going on here i think it's a celebrity host makes it primetime yes i mean maybe that's the case now ben bailey is a stand-up comedian in new york uh fun fact was his his side gig because you know this is stand-up comedy not everyone can make the money it's a side hustle he was before becoming the taxi cab driver of cash cab a chauffeur of limousines so we know the man can drive a car oh not just that he had to actually get a taxi cab license to be a host it's a legal taxi cab license and like he's legally a taxi cab driver now does he uh pick up people and not charge them sometimes or or not uh make game rather just picks them up and i'm sure if he was wanting to do a good tidying thing with the cash cab i'm sure he could do that uh the fun fact is with the cash cab all the rights have to are free even though there has to be a fair that's quote-unquote charged but the expense is at the production company well that's it's union rules i suppose get it and ben bailey is no union buster no no he's he's proved himself to be a friend of the working man he offers uh, you a free ride and he just kicks you out if you either get to your destination or can't figure out which continent poland is on yeah but i that's i mean that's just you know from each according to his ability if your ability isn't to tell you what continent poland's on then uh your needs are not to be in the cash cab anymore Exactly. It's the cash cab. Yeah. Cash cabionism. <laughs> We're inventing a new economic system. Uh, it is, is similar, but it's all based on trivia and <laughs> your ability to answer questions on the spot while in a taxi cab. Yeah. Let the, uh, let the people who know useless information control the means of production. That's how we do it. Um, there's not just special editions. Uh, there was, and it's it's all right. Um, the 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 thing I like most about Cash Cab is just how simple the show is and how fast the gameplay is. Because unlike other game shows, Cash Cab, it's twenty two minutes. The one we saw is forty four minutes. I guess that's what they do for the reboots. But you can see the entire game basically be played about like nine minutes. Yeah, it's it's the same thing over and over and over. So you don't. Uh you know, build up a huge uh, fondness for any of the uh, contestants. Like on Jeopardy, you, uh, you know, fall in love with a, a character like Zorn Pink after a few episodes. But on Cash Cab, it's just one and done. You're done. Get out. Oh, I, I missed that person. What was, what were they? They were on their way to the hot dog stand. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't, it's, it's not like that, uh, that one girl who was on Jeopardy who broke America's heart because she was so sick. And then oh, uh, it's, uh, Julia, no, Julie Collins or Cin- Cindy, I, it was Cindy, 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 I think. Yeah, that was a real tragedy. That was almost too much for me to continue watching Jeopardy. 
it's Jeopardy is, I will keep saying this, the ambassador to game shows. It is the game show ambassador. Even if you don't watch game shows that often, everyone has seen Jeopardy at least once. It is Jeopardy is the classiest game show, I think. It, the only way to work is if everyone wore tuxedos, then it'll be even more classy. Yeah, but you wouldn't want to upstage Alex by dressing fancy. No, you would not. Uh, <laughs> but Cash Cab, you can wear whatever you want. You can wear uh, a Bart Simpson well, don't have a Cowman shirt. You could. You could have a do the Bartman shirt. Do you could Bart have Man. a uh, underachiever and proud of it shirt. Any number of Bart Simpson shirts are available to you. And they don't care. They'll just blur it out. And you still ride the Cash Cab. <laughs> And it is always fun for viewers to try to figure out what the blurred out shirt is. So my recommendation is be on an ambush game show. Please try to wear a licensed uh, t-shirt. Maybe like uh, uh, the Budweiser or something like that. Yeah, you can bring back the Budweiser frogs or... Yeah. or have oh, like or, this, or or completely a frame of scary movie with the with the scream face doing "What's up?" Yeah, that. Oh, anything that involves what? Uh, if you could have Joe Camel, the cigarettes uh, mascot, that would also be excellent. Thanks. As long as you keep answering questions, because remember, the more you you get the questions right, the more screen time. Yeah, and yeah, that's definitely the thing to remember on cash. Try to get the answers right. That's, if I could give you one point of advice, and and I, I don't know. I think that you 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 and Franklin should both go on a taxi cab adventure next time you're both hanging out in New York. You know. Well, we we've done a similar thing where we've gone on a cab and uh, offered the tech cab driver money to answer us questions correctly, and uh, he got everyone wrong, but we still had to pay him because we ended up where he's told us we were going to be. Oh, well, hopefully, you know, maybe this will lead to better things. Maybe uh, Bugmane is going to be listening to this and come up with like a new game show idea. He he might. Uh, He's he I know he's always thinking of various things. um, And uh, I know he loves playing games with my heart. So why not games with our shows? Maybe uh, Cash Mike's Harder Lemonade. Oh, that would be wonderful. Hey, I got a question for you. So when on, on the show, when they say, like, we've only got three blocks left to go, what is, what is the blocks to question ratio? Oh, uh, usually it, it depends on the amount of speed in the traffic, but it typically uh, it is about, uh, from what my, like, averaging, it's about 2.9 per question. Okay, okay, that's... That seems fair. Because it's, cause it's not just a question being answer. asked. You also get about a minute of thinking time. And you also have uh, any sort of delay that might hit. Right. Like, uh, sure, sure. And it just, you never know what's going to happen in the cash cap. And uh, so, but the, when they measure the blocks, it is because there are three vehicles like tracking the cab. Once the cash cab, everyone sees and knows. Then there is a car behind the cash cab that is tr- viewing them. That's almost like a like a news van type of situation. Then there's a car in front of the cash cab recording them on that end. Well, I mean, you want to see the exterior of the cash cab at all times because it's the star of the show. 
It is the it's the titular cash cab. It's the Herbie fully loaded of cash cabs. Yes, that see that's that, that could be an improvement if we that 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 may that may come up right near the end of the show. How do we prove cash cab? Make it Herbie fully loaded. Make it the yeah. Uh, make Her- it the uh, the the buzz bug. Make it the. Buzzer bug, Herbie. you got to get the buzzer and, and buzz in with the correct answers and the bug. I say we just get the actual love bug itself and just... Who was in those original ones? Hills or something? Yes. Bring her back and off we go. Herbie's gone fu- gone fully bananas. Yeah, Herbie's gone bananas with Haley driving around asking a trivia question. Uh, so... <laughs> So there is a production crew. So in the event of a street shout out, there is uh, some poor PA person with like a release form for the person that answer, like helps the people out there and, and a camera crew to, to film them if they win with the prop money. If you ever look at the show, that money isn't real. It looks real. It definitely looks real, but it's never exactly what they said they are. If they won like 800 bucks, why is there like 13 bills being presented? Well, cash, cash, cab, uh, cash is not legal tender in many um, uh, uh, establishments in New York City. However, it's very good south of the Mason Dixon, almost anywhere you go. So, don't uh, don't fret if you win the cash cab and win their fake money because head on down to Louisiana or Shreveport, off you go. Oh, there we go. That's a that's actually helpful advice. Uh, so when when they leave the car, they they get the prop money. They film that part. They celebrate. They throw the money in the air, maybe because it's fake money. Who cares? Uh, and then they go cut to the next contestant, or they get three wrong and they get kicked off. And they really do get kicked off. Basically, it's just we're just gonna park right here, walk, go. Do they ever get kicked off in like a really bad part of town? The thing is, I do not know New York geography that well to know what is the bad part of town. But I have seen lots of places where they're parked right next to really bad scaffolding. Yeah, well, New York, I've only been to New York uh, once or twice. And uh, all I can recall is it's always under construction (laughs) everywhere you go. If you ever want to just start doing pull-ups, just go out in the street because there's scaffolding everywhere. Rocky style. (laughs) Just go. They call New York City nature's gym. Uh, putting the gym in gentrification every day. Gym, yep, that's right. Gym, gentrification. Jim and Pam. Yes, the office of uh, the big office. That's what they call the it. Big, the, the the big office. Move move over Scranton. Um. So so, that's essentially what Cash Cab is. Ben Bailey is a funny. I would say he's a funny host. He he has his own lines. He goes like, "Oh no!" If you screw up. He creates tension because sometimes he won't answer you immediately after you answer. And, you and we got to point out three other things about Cash Cab that we kind of enjoy. Uh, number one, that light up roof. It's beautiful. It must have cost them. Um, I, I recently was trying to learn some electrical wiring stuff, and I can tell you it's very difficult to, to wire. So whoever did that earned their pay, and congratulations to them. Don't tell him about our new pitch, Money Miata. No, 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 no. Money Miata. It's, it's a secret between you and me. We're just not telling anyone. It's under wraps. In fact, we're going to cut no. this part out. We're cutting Money Miata out. Uh, okay. The other cool thing is there's a lot of cameras inside the cash cab. <laughs> like, 
they get some interesting shots of people from angles see people from and and third it's the giant television screen it's that big tv in the front seat it's like wow is uh it, it's like exhibit himself could not have constructed a more out of sight vehicle. it is a pimped out cash it's a pimped out cab yeah it is well and because you can't pimp without cash and i'm thinking like in the original cash cab the screen was maybe like a dvd player they had yeah one of those little micro from the sharper image yeah so he so like in between tapings he can watch dodgeball the true underdog story which i know for a fact he did and then like and then then like oh i have to play the b-roll clip okay uh track four here we go this is uh this is uh, a bunch of of bouncy balls bouncing up and down all right it is uh, the Super Bowl was invented by what toy company? Uh, Nerf. Sure, I don't even know off the top of my head. <laughs> I think it's Mattel. I think it's Mattel, I, maybe. Or... I, 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 I hate to say, but I believe the Super Bowl. I don't know what company first patented it, but it was a. Uh, oh, it's Waymo. Waymo. It was Waymo. Okay, but it was a like petroleum scientist who accidentally yeah. constructed this thing. That's how every old toy got invented was accidentally by a scientist trying to make something toxic to the earth. I mean, that's how everyone's favorite toy, the post-it note, was invented. Is that so? I didn't know that. Some guy wanted to make a very, very sticky adhesive, and then, oh, no, the piece of paper just peels off. I I think Silly Putty was made under similar circumstance, and of course, uh, LSD as well. Yes. And in 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 the real LSD is the uh, friends we made along the way. Yes, the friends we made along the way, along the cash cab, random person walking her dog, answering questions with us, and getting social media questions incorrect. Oh, that's right. With the new version, does not have the mobile shout out, probably because Google exists. So instead, they have because a social well. media <laughs> shout out. And so they show the very first one and doing the live feed of the chat room on Facebook and everyone's just saying stuff like Doug from Tampa here or oh, is I'm Cash co- Cab coming back is on Cash- TV? You love Cash Cab. Is it coming back? Come on. It was a true disaster. It was the best 10, 20 seconds I've ever seen on Cash Cab. It's these two, it's this nice couple, I'm guessing from New York proper, because they had a very New York accent, just going like, we need some help, we need, a, we need an answer. And just right, the entire chat room was just, hi, I'm from Florida, big fan, hey, oh man, is that Ben Bailey? Man, I can't believe Cash Cab's coming back. And you, and you, uh, it's first of all, it's, it's going to the comments section to answer a question about the <laughs> epic of Gilgamesh or something. But, uh, I, surprise, there's no slurs in the yeah, chat. I, I, I was going to say the editing must have been incredible <laughs> because how much of it must have just been like hashtag MAGA build the wall over and over, just no. spammed relentlessly, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. <laughs> It's it's um uh, I would not want to work I don't want not want to be the the production editing intern at the, <laughs> in Discovery yeah. Networks. Hey there, Mister Bailey. What can I? You're gonna edit the damn Facebook chat room. 
or some resistance people also to try and counter the MAGA people. Mueller! Uh, Mueller! Yeah, there's just an argument taking place. I just sides. wanted to know, like, what people Texas City people. would you find the Alamo? That's all I wanted to know! And people are like, dump, drump, left and right. But that's not a city! What Texas City would you find the Alamo? I don't know! Uh, <laughs> Time's up! Someone, oh, I'm sorry, that's your second strike at San Antonio! Or someone would have just been like, Dallas. <laughs> It's 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 cash cab. So, I, I, it's, it's an enjoyable game show. It is fast paced. Obviously, it's won awards because of its quick wittedness. It's it's clever questions. It's not too tough of trivia, but it's not too easy either. It's perfect middle ground. It it's one of the few times you can be ambushed inside a vehicle. Very sad about it. And it spawned a few games. Like any good yeah. game show, there was their own version of home games. There was a cash cap board game that you can get at the Discovery Channel store next to your Mythbusters DVDs. I once uh, saw one of the Mythbusters at a diner in San Francisco. This is a true story. It was the one who looks like a walrus, and he seemed like Jamie a very Heineman. nice. He seemed like a nice enough guy. He uh, nodded at me because I recognized him and made a "I recognize you." Yeah, well, maybe he recognizes you. You know, your podcast is going up there in the world. It's true, and this was before casting, to be honest with you, but I, uh, I, I had been regarded as a myth by a number of people at that point because they thought it was not possible that someone could commit so many felonies and still be alive, but here I am, proving them wrong every day. Well, the... As long as no one has listened to this from the Department of Corrections, we should be okay. Uh, the the, uh, the the last thing we can bring up here is there was also a few app games that you can also play on your iPhone. I don't know if they were ever for Android, but they were available for the iPhone. I'm going to keep that's, bringing that up. That's fun. That's like Kim Kardashian. Yeah, you can take selfies. No, but it's uh, yeah, it's just a trivia game. I... I I don't know how good it is. Uh, there's no like video game version. There's no like Game Tech DOS edition of Cash Cab. <laughs> there should be. I think that's a new programming one on my Raspberry Pi. There we go. We got now. We got an idea. So normally around this part of the show is when we would ask the question: Should the show be rebooted? If so, how? Uh, the show was already rebooted. It's back on the air last year. So it really is just. Should it just continue? Should it be improved? What should we do? Oh, I don't know many people that are writing cabs anymore. And I, uh, I gig-based economy with the lifts and uh, unfortunately, it's killing off a lot of the old. There we Nowadays, go. no one's um, riding the bus anymore. And bus and no one's going to hotels because they all have their. Airbnb. Uh, You can only think that Uber is uh, taking its toll on Cash Cab, and um, uh, all I can think is uh, maybe we need a Cash Uber to. uh, Hi, I'm Jordan Haas. Welcome to Uber Nonsense, the true false game show that takes place here in my Uber. I will quiz you all the way to your destination, but instead of trivia questions, it's just true false statements. And on this show, if you say if you get just five wrong, it's five and goodbye. I 
See, there you have it. I uh, I happen to know one time a uh, a compatriot of mine was writing in and found a little uh, chocolate in the uh, door handle. Sometimes on Ubers, they leave treats for the guests, so she thought it was just a normal treat. And she ate it, and it ended up being infused with marijuana and unexpectedly high. So that might be an interesting challenge to add to Cash Uber. That, that, yes, or, or that's the... Uh... That is the, uh, or it's the feel-good game show, Lift My Spirits. Uh, it's like Lift a part soft story game show, part uh, Uber experience, like one of these rideshare apps, where the rideshare person is like the host, and it's a Lyft person picking up somebody, and then they just belt out their sob story, and then instead of taking them to the destination, well, we're just going to give them like an ice cream cone and, and make them have a good day <laughs> instead. Oh, oh, I just actually, this is not really related, but what if you had a game show where it was, you could win a prize that was incredible, but it, it involved you dropping everything in your life right then and there to go do it. Like, you have a chance to go to Tavarua, but you must leave right now. And, you know, like, you, you can't uh, figure out work or anything. Oh, like, that has happened at, in a few uh, game shows. A big deal. Really? The 90s did that. Don't forget your toothbrush did that as well on Comedy Central. Uh, there, there's a few one. There's a few of those. Uh, usually, it's some sort of variation of prize possession, but usually that's supposed to be the gimmick. That's supposed to be the comedy aspect of it because these are supposed to be for comedy entertainment purposes. It's the you're going to Hawaii. Right now, the flight is in one hour. If you can make that flight in one hour, you go to Hawaii. Okay, I. I but you gotta pack your bags. You gotta get the car. You gotta go. You gotta arrange a pet sitter. That would uh, that would be a really good show. I uh, I'm glad I invented something. Yeah, that show does not exist cur- in its current state. But you know what? I do enjoy that. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, it looks like that's coming back. It, it, it's not an it's not an ambush game show because it really is just a prize. But the real but the real actually it is kind of a game show because it's the will they won't they make it to the airport on time. Yeah, and uh, I mean I guess don't they also have to decide to uh, just go somewhere? Well, so it's a trip in- for two, so you can go uh, right there, oh. but you can also get someone else to go with you. Okay, but okay, fair enough. I I would think I'm thinking of a show much more snap judgment like it's just like you're going right now like, oh no no you have to go right now because we're assuming these are people who live like in 45 minutes to the airport okay. locations or like you got the, it okay Perfect. or in like a downtown la where it's really tough to get in the airport going on the 405 at like three o'clock so they're just pissed off yeah it's a terrible because traveling's terrible anyway of course and then you had during to if you don't make it in an unreasonable amount of time, I could see how that show could tear people's lives apart, and I want to see it this, right now. So we we are picking. We're going to put this to syndication. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a new show called Trippin'. Sure, yeah, that's all you need. It's uh, succinct to the point, and uh, Trippin'. Look for it coming out on UPN soon. Yes, right after reruns of The Parkers and uh, WWF SmackDown. Yep. See you there, folks. <laughs> so we came up with a new game show. We we've improved the cash cab somewhat, making it the Herbie. Yeah. 
maybe drone shots yeah. just unnecessary drone shots everywhere also helps always uh, other than that it's a pretty good show i mean i give it the a i give it the solid a rating i i i what what is your criteria uh it, it is a good game and is that game presented well enough in a show well i can't think of a better game and show that is a ever given me more i've laughed i've cried i've uh, certainly found a number of potential uh, romances on it and uh i give it an a plus cash cab check it out all right that's good so uh howard before you go we have a lightning round for you listen to that we, uh -oh. have some we have some cards it's exactly like an ambush game show because now you're on the game show uh the tables have turned so here's how it works we have five questions in 60 seconds to answer all five questions in time. Bring it on. For every correct answer you get is one free plug. That means if you get all five right, that's five free plugs. Most podcasts only do two. This is incredible. I'm very excited. All right. So you're in? Yeah. Do I do my answers have to be or do they have to be correct for me? Um, well, it has to be interpreted to the judge. Okay. Um, I, I am not in charge of the answers. I just read the questions out, but you're in. So I guess we're going to dim the lights now. And let's put 60 seconds on the clock. Here we go. Hooters or Buffalo Wild Wings? Uh, Hooters. Favorite WWE superstar? Uh, Coco the Birdman Beware. Who would you like to be with you on the cash cab? Uh, Toby McGuire. Is seeing what people like on Instagram a crime? Only usually. A must-have item for a man cave? Uh, uh, Sabretooth Tiger. Correct! You got all five right! You did it! <laughs> That's uh, my best record ever at this game. I've never done better, and I, I would thank you, Jordan, for creating such a calm environment where I felt I could shine. You did it! You got all five right? In under 60 seconds, and that means you can plug any five things you want. It could be your things, it could be someone else's things, it's whatever you want. All right, well, speaking of 60 seconds, first I'd like to plug the movie Gone in 60 Seconds, starring uh, Nicolas Cage, Angelina Jolie, and uh, Giovanni Ribisi. Absolutely fantastic picture, check it out, he steals a Shelby. Uh, number two, uh, I do have a podcast, uh, <laughs> believe it or not. I'd have a, I'd have a podcast. Uh, it is called Pillow Talk with Franklin and Uncle Howard. I am Uncle Howard. We are on Spotify and uh, no, we're not on Spotify. Light. We're on Stitcher. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. Listen to us. Like us. Subscribe. Give us thumbs up. Whatever. I don't know what it works. Who cares? We suck. Uh, we also no, have. No, you don't. <laughs> no, we're okay. I don't. Uh, we, we've got a. Uh, uh, stickers. Uh, I've got a Twitter. Franklin has a Twitter. He's Bug TV Franklin. I'm Miata Guy Four. That's the number U. That's the letter. Uh, send me a DM. I will send you stickers. They're free. If you want to pay a little bit to help pay our hosting bills, you can. But I'm not going to ask for money on somebody else's podcast. I'll ask for it on my own. So never mind. Just follow me, and I'll give them to you for free if you're from here. That's no big deal at all. Uh, let's see. That was. I'm going to call that like three and four because i felt like that one went long all right yeah you, i'd like to i'd like to uh uh plug uh 
Elon Musk's uh, electric car company. Uh, check out their vehicles. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. The Teslas? The Teslas. They're a hell of a car. You can download things to them like an iPhone. Uh, then, uh, let's see. Number five, I guess I will plug uh, 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 Joe Rogan's podcast, The Joe Rogan okay, Experience. Okay, Joe Rogan Experience. There you yeah. Go. Hell of a show. Lots of fun people there. You know, you you talk about Tesla. You know, there is a very special episode. The 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 guy who makes Tesla cars was on Joe Rogan's co- like show, and he had a fun conversation. I, and nothing bad happened to that guy. Well, and that's uh, that's actually what first turned me on to Elon Musk because I saw him on that show, and I thought this is a guy got it all together. He knows what he's talking he is, about. He's the it's real just, life Tony Stark. It's just like a regular guy like me. Oh, and if. I- Sixth plug. I would like to plug Tony Stark. He's okay. doing a lot of doing a lot of really interesting things in the robot suit uh, department of late. And I'm a big fan. Well, I mean, these are it's supposed to be five free plugs, but you know what? Sure, we'll give you six. You, it's a yeah. bonus prize. You did the double or nothing video bonus. <laughs> the man's an Avenger. I think. He Thank you for saving New York, Tony Stark. Th- thank you. It took a terrible toll on you for some reason. But uh, that's going to do it with the discussion of Cash Cab. Thank you so much for stopping by, Uncle Howard. Thank you for having me, George. All righty. I would like to plug you, too. Oh, thank you. Yeah, listen to Jordan's podcast, everybody. Oh, thank you. That, that, that's very, very sweet. <laughs> I love that Uncle Howard, one of my favorite people of all time. You can catch him on Twitter also at twitter.com slash pillow talk pcast. That's twitter.com slash pillow talk big letter P cast. Now we got to get to some after facts that I might have forgotten. So during the show's original run on Discovery Channel, the cash cab was a Toyota Sienna minivan, and it sported the taxi number 1G12. According to an Associated Press article, those specs were so well-known that fans would actually chant the taxi number at Ben Bailey's stand-up shows in New York. The biggest win on cash cab was $6,200 by a man named Sam Mayer, who rode solo. And not only that, it was a double episode— and there was a double or nothing bonus that he went for and got it right. When the show was announced to be revived, Ben Bailey did not get the call to return, so he campaigned for it on the internet, eventually getting the job. So maybe this could work for me with Card Sharks. Hashtag Jordan for Card Sharks. In this rebooted version of Card Sharks, each episode has a celebrity appear as a guest passenger for the cash cab and help the contestants on their destination. According to stories by many contestants, the Cash Cab staff would often approach people by saying they work for a made-up series called Show Me New York, where residents share their favorite spots in the city. They'll give prospective contestants a quiz, and if they do well, those staffers will tell them to go to a certain location to film their segment. That's when they get in the Cash Cab and Ben Bailey reveals the ruse. In the very early seasons of Cash Cab, the values were $25, $50, and $100, but eventually it doubled to $50, $100, and $200 sometime after the special Cash Cab After Dark specials. While still technically on the air, there is still no word yet if it's getting another season, and I really want there to be another season. 
And what I vividly remember was them being mobile game apps. There was Cash Cab and Cash Cab Las Vegas, and I played a lot of those on my iPod Touch in 2009, 2010. It got me through a rough time. And now it's time for a 110-part series exploring every pricing game on The Price is Right. This is Pricing Game Spotlight. Oh yeah, this is one of the famous ones, Lucky 7. Premiere date, August 28th, 1973. Tate number 0522D. Premiere date carrier, October 23rd, 2007. Number 4052K. That doesn't matter. Pricing game is actually the big doors and the center stage. Uh, Lucky 7 is a price game played for a brand new car. Its name comes from the fact that the contestant is given 7 $1 bills to start, but only needs to buy the car for just one of them. Here's how the game works. Contestant's given 7 $1 bills at the start of the game and is shown the first digit in the car's price. They then must guess the remaining digits one at a time. After each digit is guessed, the actual digit is revealed. The contestant must pay the difference between their guess and the actual digit in dollars. For example, a guess of 5 when the digit was 7 would cost the contestant $2. Contestants do not lose any money if they get a digit exactly right. If the contestant loses all their money at any point, the game ends. If the contestant has at least $1 remaining after the last digit is revealed at the end of the game, they may buy the car for $1 and receive any leftover money. History. When the game was first started, Bob gave the contestants seven $1 bills before the car was introduced, and on the first playing, Lucky 7 was won right away. Originally, car prizes in this game just had four digits, and no free digits were given. During the 1986 primetime specials, the contestant was given the last digit and had to guess the first four. When the five-digit format was introduced in the daytime show shortly thereafter, the rules changed to just give them the first digit. A double border of chase lights was added around the original logo late in 1973 or early 1974, which would activate as the game was revealed and when it was won. The original Lucky 7 board was blue with black numbers and originally had light blue stripes behind the numbers which were removed on April 29, 1980, number uh, 3662D. In its current board, which first appeared on May 30, 1986, number 6145D, is purple with gold numbers. As of April 23rd, 1993, the game is now offering cars that are at least $10,000. On October 10th, 2001, the number font changed to Times New Roman. On May 27th, 2011, the number font changed to Callisto MT Bold. On May 26, 1983, contestant Levon managed to get the first three digits correct, but lost the game on the final digit. On May 11, 1999, contestant Donna was mistakenly given $500 instead of seven $1 bills. After losing four $100 bills, she realizes she only has one $100 bill left, and that was mistakenly $500 instead of $1 bills. After the commercial break, Bob told the audience that he went to this pocket where he kept the $500 for the perfect bid, and Bob and the contestant didn't realize that she was playing the game with $100 bills. In the ceremonial 7,000th episode, November 5th, 2009, in reality, it's the 7,146th episode, contestant Michael White 
is given seven stacks of $1,000 instead of the usual seven $1 bills. Michael need at least $1,000 to buy the car. On Halloween 2013, Lucky 7 was renamed Yucky 7. During that plane, the car was won. On October 21st, 2013, during Dream Car Week, Lucky 7 offered a 2014 Jaguar XK Touring Convertible. It was worth $86,453, but it was not won. On October 14th, 2014, uh, during Dream Car Week, Lucky 7 offered a 2014 Porsche Cheyenne. It was worth $57,465, and it was not won. Contestant Jacob Coffley, who played the car, got all but one number exactly right. On October on April 1st, 2015, Bob Barker, making a surprise appearance for April Fool's Day, hosted the game and gave away SUV worth $19,856. On February 18th, 2016, during Dream Car Week, Lucky 7 was played for an 82,295 Tesla Model S70. On that plane, the contestant Donald Phipps lost on the third number. On April 19th, 2016, contestant Melvin DeBose had an amazing win. Playing for a sedan, he was off by just one in the first two numbers, and with $6 left, he lost $5 on the fourth number to win himself the car. He needed to guess the next number spot on. He guessed a two and won the car. The correct price was $18,692. On March 33rd, 2017, aired out of order. Who cares? It's a College Rivals episode, and last year of Michigan State won a 24872 Nissan Frontier SV King Cab 4x2. While Ashland of University of Michigan was denied. What the f- I hate those college- Those aren't good episodes, folks. I hated that gimmick. On the Summer Beach Party episode, June 20th, 2017, contestant James Wyashajak was given a sand pail with sand dollars instead of dollar bills. He won with two sand dollars left. Trivia. The most number of times this game was played in a season was 46. Lucky 7 was originally known as Lucky 7. The S was changed to a dollar sign on May 30th, 1986, same day its Purple Gold game debuted. Notes. When the game is played, prior to reveal the car, the turntable is pushed downstage to allow the car to be concealed by it. The car is then pushed, not driven, onto the stage by stagehands. There are rare occasions through the years in when a model, notably Janice Pinkerton and Rachel Reynolds, steered poorly or did not break in time and crash the car into the set since the early 80s zeros have not appeared in the cards price for this game lucky seven is the first pricing game played on drew carey's first taped episode taped august 15th 2007 and aired on november 27th the rules of lucky seven were modified and used on the mc game show time machine a sweet 16 in which contestant was given 16 100 bills and had to guess the year product was interest that's not a game show that's that's a different game show this is the price is right this is price game spotlight now who who cares about the, the time machine that's a history game show a common strategy players take to this game is guessing five for every number on the theory that since it's right down the middle you're likely to lose more than a dollar or two this is a poor strategy however because it's usually at least one very high or very low number in the price of the car and guessing a five on that will cause you to lose four or five dollars on one guess this game has the distinction of being easily controlled by the producers to make it easy to win or easy to lose car prices like forty three thousand six forty five show that the game is set up for a win while prices like fifty two thousand nine eighteen show that the game was set up for a loss there are hardly any cars that has zero in the price. The numbers in the price the cars play for the game range from 1 to 9. Lucky 7 is the only game introduced in the second 9-time season hosted by Janice James, which first appeared on 053N. On a Million Dollar Spectacular April 9th, 2005, contestant Sheena played for a $77,566 Cadillac XLR N1. 
On the May 7, 2008 Million Dollar Spectacular, Lucky 7 offered a Porsche Cayman Coupe. This was the first Porsche ever featured in the show in over 16 years. It was worth 52849 but it was not won. I like Lucky 7. I can't win Lucky 7, but it is one of the best pricing games on The Price is Right. Because I like the idea of seven $1 bills, the cars in front of you, the buying of it for a dollar, guess the prizes, and in these big giant doors, these big physical doors, you see the numbers. And that's just a cool mechanic to show because it's like six foot tall doors showing the numbers. And what I also like about uh, Lucky 7 as, as a game is, is the fact that you can be fixed to be won or lost for the producer's sake, but also the variety of cars they can give away. They, if they can give away a Tesla or a Porsche, then they can easily give away a Ford Mustang as as well. And I just want to remind people of this. This was the first pricing game Drew Carey ever played on The Prices right when he was host. That is what makes it so significant in the span of The Prices Right. While we have been going through the journey of pricing games on The Price is Right, the first game Bob Barker showed was any number. But this time around, it's Lucky 7. So now we're introduced to prominent Drew Carey Price is Right games. It's also very easy to explain if you're trying to be a host for The Price is Right. And now here are some foreign versions of The Price is Right because it's here. On the UK, in Bruce first was in Joe Pasquale run instead of the game being played behind one of the doors. The car's windshield displays four numbers that were attached to cling film stickers. Zeros may be used in the game. And unlike most other versions, there is rule saying that no digits in the price repeat. In this version of the game, it's played with one pound coins, which replaced one pound notes in 1983. During the Crowler or Bob Warman runs, the game only had three digits in the price with no car played, with panels covering the numbers on the table instead of seven one pound coins. They play with seven cards worth one pound. Same title as the US version. Australia. Uh, Larry Edmore's one was called $1 Deal. The rules were simpler to the US version. Zeros occasionally appear in the price, and the first digit was never given for free, regardless of how many digits there are on the price of the car. The game was even played with seven $1 notes, even though Australian $1 notes had not been in circulation since 1984 when they were replaced by $1 coins. Instead of having doors covering the numbers and sliding to reveal them, the doors flipped over to reveal the numbers. As in the U.S., the car came from stage right, but the game was revealed behind a large clamshell, since the Australian version set only had two doors. On Ian Tuba's versions in 1980s, the game was the same title and set as the U.S. version, also played with $7 notes in Germany. Uh, Deutsch notes. And it's known as Die Vorflick Sleiben, or that damned seven. Uh, in Canada, Meets Just had the same rules as Lucky 7's American version, but it's played for trips rather than cars. This incarnation of the game is somewhat notable for using a light-up board to display the price, something that's not normally done for Lucky 7. A sign displaying the price was flipped to ensure the operators for the light-up wasn't cheating. The game was played with seven loonies, Canada's term for the $1 coin, which replaced the $1 note in 1987. The game was called Por Un Dollar, or for $1. Vietnam, on Hai Chon Yak Gung, uh, also known as uh, Lucky 7, follows the same rules as US, but with their currency, play with seven discs. And it's four digits, or guessing. Guessing number exactly gets you three more discs. Uh, in addition, in Italy, it's called Game of Eight. Uh, which is played with eight discs, not seven. Uh, meaning the eight can guess the price with a total of seven instead of six without losing. The game format in Italy was applied to Le Tin Belle, or the ten tickets on the Just Pricks. 
Uh, contestants are given 10 tickets and thus miss any digits by a total of nine. On Mexico's version, on Tre de la Sue, or Lucky 13, contestants given $13, so they can't miss by 12. Of the above three versions, Italy's and Mexico's were always played for cards, while France's rarely was. Russian version was played with seven coins as well. In Spain, it's played with 1,000 esp notes. Sep is identical to Bruce's prices, where except with seven digits in the windshield, the card instead of four. Um, now we go back to the American version of, of Lucky 7. I enjoy it because uh, I love the idea of just the $7, a physical thing in someone's hand to pay up to continue playing, the big doors, and the, only, and the only way I could say maybe if you want to improve it is just simply just make it $700, so it's 100 bucks to buy it, just so there's a small cash prize. And then you can do it for the primetime specials exactly like the 7,000th episode where it's $1,000 stack, so it's $7,000 and a car. Because cause I kind of like the idea of just here's some big bricks that you have to pay up. But with $1, I understand. Because what other place can you buy a car for $1? But, you know, you still have to pay tax and license. It is a game show in America. And you do have to pay taxes on that. Oh, well. It's it's, it's a great game. I like Lucky 7. I think it's also one of the games that was in the Tiger Electronics Price is Right game. That was like in the 90s. If I'm not mistaken, it was any number... It was three strikes, it was lucky seven, and uh, I believe it was uh, one right price or something. Oh, well, uh, I had I had a lot of fun in lucky seven, and I, it's just a purple and gold aesthetic. It, it's just great. Next time on the Pricing Game Spotlight, we take a look at Temptation. So before we get going, uh, the Jeopardy All-Star Games is going on. Some people like it. Some people don't like it. I fall on the side of don't like it, but I'm not like angry about it like some of these people. Uh, it's because that in a couple of these episodes, uh, you have a half-hour game show, and it's only the first Jeopardy round. And the appeal of Jeopardy is how many questions you can get in 30 minutes. And by just doing the one Jeopardy round, and it's not ending with a win, it, it could irk some game show fans, and I understand that. Same with just concluding with the... Step two being double jeopardy and final jeopardy. Because what that tells me is now you can lean towards making jeopardy a one-hour game show and just keep it the same rules as the all-star games. When if it was me, uh, here's what I would have done. I would have had it either be duos, where it's just a team of two and each play two epi- one of the episodes because typically when it comes to one of these jeopardy tournaments, it's a two-part day. And it's the highest after two days goes on. So if an All-Star Games tournament, why not have it so each contestant in the team has their own day with a Jeopardy, Double Jeopardy, and Final Jeopardy. So it's Team 1, Player 1, Team 2, Player 1, Team 3, Player 1 on Day 1. On Day 2, it's Team 1, Player 2, Team 2, Player 2, Team 3, Player 2. And in day three, it's team one, player three, team two, player three, team three, player three. And of those three games, the combined total of all three, uh, the one team that has the most cumulative of all three games goes on to the final. And then you repeat the process again in the next three games with teams four, five, and six. Then you have a wild card tournament if you want to do a full two-week event because that's already six episodes. 
and you're saving three episodes for the big finale. That that middle game, that Wednesday game, is Wild Card Wednesday, and it's the highest single day earners uh, of the game that's not in a qualifying tournament. So that means that, that, that it could be two people, it could be three people, who knows? And this is just to build up their cash bank. So then when it gets to the finale, when it's the big final three teams, so it could be team one, team four, and then team three again. Uh, they play three games. And after that, whoever had the highest combined total of those three games alone win their respective total, their respective total from game one, and and maybe a bonus hundred grand or something. It doesn't have to be a million bucks. And and you're and that's the the process I, I would have done for at least a Jeopardy All-Star Games tournament if you're doing trios. But I understand what they were trying to go for here. They wanted more strategy. They wanted captains to mean something. Uh, to me, I don't like the idea of a captain. I think every Jeopardy champion is different because of their own strategies and gameplay. What, is it because of earnings? Is it because of personality? I like Austin Rogers, for instance. Why is he in the backseat? Well, Buzzy is, is somewhere in the front. It makes no sense to me is what I'm trying to get at. But it's it's the way Jeopardy is. And I still say this, Alex Jacob plays exactly like I do. Shout out to you, Alex. I follow you on Twitter. You follow me. We're mutuals. You still are the best Jeopardy contestant out there because you think like me, you act like me, and you bet like me. And that's the kind of thing I like. But um, the Jeopardy tournament, it's just not my cup of tea. It's much like it's much like the Green Book winning in your Spike Lee. It's just not my cup of tea. Uh, that's going to do it for us this time on game shows I suppose join us next time for a brand new game show until then big smooch Shout out.